You're now listening to the Shoot for Teams podcast with your favorite guys, Dorian and Kyle. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another Shoot for Teams podcast. It's your man, D. Hill, the gift card bandit. Old man Ross, sweatsuits and fly kicks. Today, we got a special guest. It's one of our longtime buddies. Uh, and we're going to talk about what he what he used to do back in the day. Um, but, you know, oftentimes we watch NBA games and we're not thinking about all the ways that these dudes, like, try to prepare for games. And then, and all the work that they put in for the games, uh, because it's very important for professional athletes to stay in tip-top shape. Mm-hmm. And our next guest is an LA native who graduated from Cal State University, Dominguez Hills, with a degree in physical education. He was also a member of the National Strength Coaches Association, the National Basketball Conditioning Coaches Association. He was a strength and conditioning coach for the Los Angeles Clippers for many years. His primary responsibilities were keeping guys like Elton Brand, Darius Miles, Quentin Richardson, just to name a few, in shape, and also structure their workouts and conditioning. So welcome to the podcast, our main man, Johnny Doyle. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. How you doing? (laughs) We're doing good, man. We're good. We're good, Johnny. That's good. That's good. (laughs) Good. So, so Johnny, uh, when did you fall in love with the game? Wow. I actually I fell in love with basketball like early early age. Um, I wasn't the best basketball player, but mm-hmm. um, I, I did fall in love with basketball at early early age, and I just love sports in general. So you know when I was growing up, there was no social media, no websites, no iPads, things of that nature. So my my social media and iPad was going outside and playing sports. You know, playing at the park, shooting hoop playing flag football in the neighborhood, you know, things of that nature. So, yeah, I, I just fell in love with sports in general. It just wasn't just basketball. But I want to say, like, probably in the eighth grade, that's when I really, really fell in love with basketball. Nice. So did okay. you play basketball, like, during high school or any anything like that? Uh, this, is, this is funny. I played in high school. I went to Verbum Day. It's an all-boys school, um, small all-boys school. It may have been, like, 300 students. So as they, at the time when I went there, they were known for basketball. They won all these state championships and national championships. And I just wanted to go to Verbum Day. I was like, I'm going to go to Verbum Day. I'm going to play basketball. I'm going to be a basketball yeah. star. And I get to Verbum Day my freshman year. Um, there may have been maybe 90, 80, 90 guys in my freshman class. About 70 showed up for the tryouts for the basketball team. Wow. So all we did for like two weeks was run. We didn't touch a ball. We just ran for two weeks. And because they had to weed out the guys who wanted it and didn't want it. Right. So I did make the team. I did make the team. And um, I wasn't that good. I played, but I, I was like the guy that was like, hey, go file that guy. And then you file him. And then they pull you back out the game. Or, hey, okay. you know, you know, play D on this guy for a minute, you know. But I was never really that good of a player, and I knew it. So, but I, you know, I played my freshman year, and then my sophomore year I played, and and then I started playing football, which I should have played football all along because right. I I like football a lot better. I you know I I like hitting people, and <laughs> I just like the contact, and you know I just love that. So, but I I should have probably 
played football a little, you know, started a little sooner. But, you know, it was I still love the sport no matter what. I loved it. What, what position in football, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, well, I played, I played free safety, linebacker. I, as I got bigger, they put me on offensive line. I played tight end. Oh. I was all over the place. And then okay. I, my junior year, we won the championship. We went undefeated and won the championship. And then my senior year, we were supposed to win the championship again. But five guys got kicked off the football – five starters got kicked off the football team. Um, mm. But doing something, got caught by the football coach. So ah. that messed up our – yeah, that messed up my senior year. But it was all good. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. So you so, were just out there trying to just hit people. Yeah, they yeah, yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah. I mean – yeah, I think yeah, I, I play like a at linebacker. I play like a rover position, so it's like a free safety. So mm -hmm. basically, I that's all I did was hit people. So and I don't know if it was because I was aggressive or because I didn't know the plays. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it was one of those. <laughs> so so from there, Johnny, you when did you decide to become the strength and conditioning coach or how did that transition happen from there? Uh, it's funny. It's like I, I got out of high school and I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, to be honest. I mean, mm -hmm. I knew I was going to go to, I was going to go to school. I was going to go to college. Um, I went to a junior college first. I still had no clue what I was going to do. And um, a good friend of our family um, worked at this sports medicine clinic. She was a receptionist at this sports medicine clinic. And I would talk to her about, you know, maybe, you know, what, what should I do? I don't know what direction to take. And she said, hey, why don't you come by the clinic and see what we do? So I go to this clinic in Inglewood, and the name of the clinic was Curlin and Job Orthopedic Clinic. Mm -hmm. So you guys probably are, aren't old enough to remember, but Curlin and Job was probably like one of the most premier, was, was the most premier sports medicine clinic in the country at the time. Wow. So um, Dr. Curlin and Dr. Job, they took care of the Dodgers and the Lakers. That was their big two sports teams. So I went there to go check out the job, see what it was about. Um, I, and she said, you should apply. So I applied for a job there. And I got a job there as, a, as an aide. And what an aide is, is you just uh, assist the physical therapist with um, you know, taking care of the patients. I had no clue what was going on. I didn't know anything, knew nothing, but I started working there and I really, really enjoyed it. And there was a gentleman that worked there who I'm still friends with to this day. And I met him when I was 19 years old and I'm 55 now and we're still good friends. Wow. And he was the, he was the director of the physical therapy clinic. Um, his name was Clive Brewster. And um, he bought me in, he hired me, gave me a job, you know, he gave me a job and, and like under his tutelage and under his guidance, I, I kind of figured out, you know, like either I'm going to go to physical therapy school, be an athletic trainer, or become a strength and conditioning coach. So the strength and conditioning coach kind of just fell into my lap, honestly, because I was putting in my hours to become an athletic trainer. You have to put in X amount of hours under a trainer, under a certified trainer. So we had certified trainers that worked at, at Curling and Joe. So there was therapists, um, you know, aides, occupational therapists, um, strength coach, trainers, um, exercise physiologists that work there. And we work with all of these athletes. And, um, yeah, so I kind of lucked up on becoming a strength coach. So it was kind of, it's kind of, it was kind of weird scenario, but you know, it ended up working out 
you know, it, 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 it was, it was, it ended up working out and it was pretty cool, but, um, that, that's how I pretty much got started. Okay. Nice. Uh, so like nowadays, do you think there, are there like certain requirements that you have to, uh, do to become a strength and conditioning coach on like any level? Yes. Yes. Like it's changed now. It's, it's so different now. So nowadays they make way more money than I made, than I, than I ever, than I ever made. Um, and, and the structure of how organizations, professional teams are structured now, um, it, it's totally different. So like in the past, there used to just be, you know, the team doctor, the trainer, the strength coach and the equipment guy. That was it. There was no assistance. We did everything. Well, now they got a medical director, the physical therapist, the team doctor, the team physio, the team this, you know. So they have so many different components to it. So um, now, you know, I, I, kids ask me sometimes about this, and I, I tell them all all the time. I said, go become a physical therapist. Go go get your doctorate in physical therapy. I said, because and, and then if you want to go work for a professional team, go get certified as a strength coach. Uh, maybe go get certified as an athletic trainer. So that way you could get a job, any one of those titles, you could work any one of those titles. Mm. So, um, and, and, and if that doesn't work out for you, you can always fall back and go do physical therapy. Um, my wife's a physical therapist here in Las Vegas and she does well. Um, she used to work in an outpatient clinic and now she works in uh, NICU. She just works with premature babies. Like mm. whoever thought physical therapy for premature babies. Right. Right. And, right. and she loves it. You know, she loves it. So, you know, it, it, it's so many different avenues you could take to get there now. And um, but it's highly competitive. I mean, if you think about this and I failed to realize this at the time. But one of my friends said to me one time, he goes, you know, you're one of 30 people in this world to have the job that you have. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, man, shut up. You know, I'm like, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a guy from South Central, you know, South Central grew up in L.A. just trying to make it. Uh, you know, I, I I never thought about that until he until he mentioned that to me one day. And, you know, and I was just like, wow. So, you know, I had to stay humble and, and work hard and, you know, and grind. And, and I think I got that job because that's what I did. I, I, I worked hard I, and I grinded. And I, you know, I kept my my nose to the ground and you know, just stayed to myself and just busted my butt. And, and I think that's how I come. I was able to get that job. Nice. Speaking of, of working hard, how did you, or do you motivate the athletes you work with? <laughs> that's a tough one, man. Cause you know, that, that, you know, I, I appreciate that question. And I'm sure every strength coach in America, <laughs> a trainer or athletic trainer would appreciate that question. But, in, in my honest and humble opinion, I really believe that it has to come from the athlete, okay. and and you have to you have to you you have to find a way to motivate them. Yes, but I really believe that you have to it has to come from the athlete. The athlete has to want to do it and want to be there and want to get better. So, and I'll be completely honest with you guys. I don't think I could work in today's NBA. I don't think I would oh. I would fit because I. I I think it's sometimes I was probably hard on a lot of guys, but they were able to handle it. I don't think the kids today or the young players today, I don't think my personality will really mix with theirs because mm -hmm. I'm not a, um, I, I don't like to kiss butt. 
and I don't want nobody kissing my butt. And I'm just going to, I'm a straight shooter. I'm not going to lie to you and, and, and fluff you. So, um, yeah, I don't think I will work today. <laughs> so, yeah. but I, I, I really believe that you have to be motivated, and, you know, self-motivated and, 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 you know, I, I worked for the Clippers, you know, like it, it was a great time. I had fun, met a lot of good people, but the, the organization has to be, um, has to, uh, to, it has to allow the players to grow and have to give them hope, make them believe that, you know, like, Hey, we want you here. Right. You know? So a lot of time I was dealing with things like that, where, where it was hard to motivate those guys because they knew, Oh, this is just a pass by. I'm just passing by. I'm not going to be here, you know, or things wow. of that nature. So it, it made the job tougher, it's, you know, no, no practice facility, um, you know, no practice facility, um, you know, in the summers, you know, not be able to go and, you know, visit players and work with them because the organization didn't want to spend the money. Whereas mm. other teams did those things. And because they did those things, they were better. And you could tell the teams that did those things. I was going to say it was a result. It, yeah. 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 You could tell the teams that did those things and you could tell the teams that didn't do those things. So, Right. You know, that that made that made the job tougher because then when the job when it came, hey, how come this guy's not doing this and how come he's not doing that? Well, you know, I can't get it in in six months. You know, this is a a life a life thing, a lifelong thing. So it's it was kind of hard. I ain't gonna lie. To answer your question, it was tough. <laughs> no, no, I get it. I get it. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes it was sense. Really tough. And people don't and people need to know that because, like you said the organization if they don't spend money you right. see the result when the season starts all those teams right. that do so bad and guys don't care because they know they're going to lose they just right. they're out there getting a the check makes sense yes yes okay. yes okay. exactly okay. exactly okay. so okay yeah so you know that's why some things are the way they were <laughs> makes sense <laughs> so like what are what are some of the your the characteristics that uh you that you possess that made you a successful strength and conditioning coach, you think, in your opinion? All right. Well, first of all, I don't think I was successful. And I'm going to tell you Come why. On. Uh, no, I'm being honest. I mean, yes, okay. I did have that job. But, I, you know, the, my honest opinion is that we didn't win. So uh, because we you. didn't win, although although I'm, I'm battling outside forces, you know, we, we we didn't win. So for me, for me, those losses hurt me just as bad as it hurt the coaches and the players. You know, that it bothered them. It it, it bothered me, me. Yeah, it bothered you too, because you was a fan. <laughs> so, you know, it yeah, was you tough. know, so yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's tough and people, you know, you know, people don't realize that. Like it 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 it, it you know, it, it took a toll. You know, I, I don't know from where I come from. You know, uh, you know, from when the program I came from, like in high school, and then, you know, it, it was like it was like almost like a Raider mentality, like a commitment to excellence. Like you gotta, you know, you gotta win, and you, you know, you gotta do whatever it takes to win, and da da da. And, and you know, you know, my, my one of my coaches in high school, strength coach, he used to say, "What if you would have held that block a, five more seconds? Mm -hmm. What if you would have put two and a half pounds on that?" on that dumbbell rack, 
you know, that probably would have been the difference. Well, I don't know if I made the difference. I, in my opinion, I think I, I, I've touched some guys and helped them along the way, but I don't, I don't really believe that, like, I, I made that much of a difference to, for us to win. And, um, and so it's, it's kind of tough to say, to, you know, to answer that. But, I had, like I said, I had outside forces, but I'm not going to blame it on that. And, um, you know, it is what it is, you know. Hey, man, in, in my eyes, you were successful, bro. Like, I, yeah, I get where thanks. you're coming from. I get yeah. where you're coming from with, with that aspect. I never even actually thought of that. Um, right. But, yeah, man, like, I just I remember when I first met you, I was like, he's what? Like, he's a strength yeah. and conditioning coach. Because you don't <laughs> oftentimes meet somebody that's a strength and conditioning coach for a professional team. And like you right. said, like, you're from the inner city and right. you look like us. Like, and right. you're doing you're doing well for yourself. And I was always just, like, in awe of that. Like, yeah. like man, Thanks, yeah. man. It was, it was dope. Yeah. It was dope. Well, you know, you the just, funny thing is, the funny thing about that is, is like, like, you know, like you guys were in awe of it and some other young, you know, brothers and, you know, in the inner city that I knew and I had connections with, they were in awe of it. So, you know, and then be honest with you, I, I got more pride in that, mm. trying to touch those lives, you know, and like giving you guys the experiences to come to the games and, you know, and, you know, those yeah. things. Like, I got more of a kick out of that. Like, that was my... That was my my uh, my rush, per se. Uh, you know, like because wins weren't coming. So whenever you know. I got the win, <laughs> when yeah, the win, you know, winning seventeen games out of eighty two games, you know. So you know, but well, when the wins came, that was my rush. You know, but but you know, the, the other times it was like the things that I would do in the community. You know, I would I would go to you know to community things and when they dedicated you know parks and things like that, like. That I, I enjoyed that because it was in my my community, right. so th that that was like probably like some of the biggest joys I got out of it. You know, when uh, when it wasn't a, a win, you know, so. <laughs> right, right, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Did did you Johnny going back to the players have a particular coaching style or method that you that you that you had working with the guys, or it was? Yeah, you know, I tried every. You know, just think of it like this. It's like you had 12 girlfriends, right? That's a lot of girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of girlfriends, right? So at the time, there was 12 players, and then they added 15-player rosters. So er every person was different. So you had to cater. To, you had to be a chameleon. You had to mm. cater to every, every individually separately. So mm. you may have one guy. I, I would have one guy. That, that's all he wanted to do was bang weights. He, you know, he wanted to be a bodybuilder, I thought. And then you had another guy, like, he, he'll, they'll come to, you know, you try to sit down and talk to him. He would tell you, he's like, Johnny, I don't like lifting weights. I said, but you have to do something to maintain. So we're here. So every guy was different. You had to structure different things for different people. You had some guys that didn't want to lift weights. You had some guys that wanted to work out. You had some guys that hated you because you made them do it. And, um, you know, that made you do it. Man, and, um, yeah, you know, like, you know, and all I would always try to tell him is like, hey, look, I would tell him, I said, this isn't your last stop. I said, the object of the game is, is the next contract. I would tell him that all the time, especially if we, cause we always draft the rookies. So I'm like, Hey, you got four year deal here, three year deal. I said, the object of the game is year four and five. Let's, let's get you paid, you know? Yeah. So get you paid. You got to build your resume, you know? So, Hey, 
I said, Miami Heat come calling. They strength coach is going to call me and ask me, what kind of guy is Kyle? What kind of guy is Dorian? Hey, wow. he don't like working out. He don't like doing this. He, I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm not right. going to lie because right. that's my reputation on the line. So um, that's what happens. They they call coaches. They call general managers and they find out what's going on. Like, is, what kind of guy is this guy? Does he like to work? He don't like to work? Really? What, what does he do about it? So, you know, you have to, um, you know, you, I, I used to have to try to coerce those guys into what their motivation was. So mm. if it was to get a fifth-year deal, uh, get a new contract, get sixty million, whatever. Hey man, let's get let's get down, grind down, and get it. You know that that's. I hate to say that, but that's what I use for motivation. That's the truth. Some strength that's the coaches truth. like on. Yeah, some strength coaches probably in Phoenix and you know nowadays in Lakers and those winning teams in Milwaukee. They probably don't have to do that because their their players' eyes are on bigger goals, and that was to win championships. Right. So yeah, so okay, that was my. Wow. That was why I tried to motivate them. <laughs> Usually, yeah, yeah, and that's and that's like for for you saying that uh, you know right. the other strength and conditioning coaches, you guys all talk like that's stuff yes. that you know that happens all the time. But like as fans, as a casual fan, I should say like we don't think about that. Like, no, and then you wonder no. why these trades don't go through, and it's like maybe right. that was one of the reasons. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you know, th this is funny. Is um. Funny story is um, the I never forget um, for the draft. We prepare this giant book for the draft. We mm -hmm. go to the pre-draft camp. You try to talk to these guys. We bring guys in for workouts. So we prepare. So the day of the draft, you have this huge book, and you know everybody has a section that they had to do, and um, you have to call and interview coaches. So my job was to call the strength coaches. And I never the most impressive strength coach interview I ever had was for Dwayne Wade. Wow. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. I called the strength coach, introduced myself. Hey, Coach Johnny, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. I go, I would ask these questions. I, they, they were typical questions I ask every strength coach. But the one question I would ask in the end every time I go, Coach, you have kids? Yes. Or if they said no. Oh, okay. Well, if you had kids, would you let player XYZ babysit your kid? Wow. So I asked the strength coach at Marquette that, and he, he laughed. He said, my my son is with Dwayne right now <laughs> and his kid, because he, he had a son then at the time, his mm -hmm. son was born. So mm -hmm. he said, yeah, he said, my, my son is with his son right now. Wow. And that, that blew my socks off. I was like, wow. okay, so he's a good guy. And look, mm -hmm. he's pretty much had a scandal-free career. And, you know, Absolutely. He's, yeah. he's a good guy. And he got good things going on for him. And, mm -hmm. you know, so so that really, like, held true. And I had some strength coaches say, you know, no, that Johnny, that guy's a piece of you-know-what. You know, I, I, I wouldn't draft him. Uh, like, I couldn't stand him. You know, and obviously yeah. you got to take, you know, that's all weighted. But, you know. That I thought that was the most impressive thing I heard. And and so when we go to the draft, we had these meetings before the draft. And who was the, who was the one guy that impressed you the most? I said, Dwayne Wade. Oh, well, we can't get him. Like, they, they knew they weren't going to get him because they knew he was going to be off the board early. I think that year we had, like, maybe, I can't remember, 13th pick or something like that. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. 
But they, they, they knew they was like, oh no, we won't be able to get him. He'll be long gone. But yeah, he know, went early. That, he that went was, early in that draft, yeah, right? He yeah. went early, really early. Yeah. So I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool when that strength coach said yeah, that about that's him. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Sticking with the 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 strength and conditioning stuff, um, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but like, do you think like the new technology uh, is affecting the way that the new strength and conditioning coaches do their job, like in today's game or society, however you want to? Yeah, I, I think I mean, they got a lot of neat stuff. You know, <laughs> they got they got a lot of. I'm a gadget guy, and they got a lot of good gadgets and toys and. <laughs> You know all of that stuff, and and it, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. You know, and I think I think these players now are are better. Mm-hmm. I think I think they're better athletes, and and they're better players, and they're faster, and they're definitely bigger and stronger, and uh, more athletic. And you know, not you know, you like look at Giannis, Giannis for example. I mean, like that guy's a he's a freak of nature. Like if you look at his body. You know, from where he came from when they drafted him to now, I mean, that that that's work, man. That that's yeah. nothing else but work. That's not that that's nothing but hard work. And, and and I'm sure they 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 have a really good strength coach there, and I'm sure he has people that he work with as well. You know, in the off season. So yeah, I think that the, the technology and is so much more now involved with strength training now than there ever has been. And I think it's it's going in the right path. It's going in a great path, and it, it, it's a good thing. It's really good. Nice. Yeah, we need to get on those gadgets because me and Kyle are both gadget guys. We love <laughs> trying to figure out a way we to love like, combine yeah. gadgets and basketball somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just spark something for us. Exactly. And, and we're when we're watching games now, we see guys with the massage guns on the side, and yeah, they have the iPads, yeah. and it's just crazy uh, how all that yeah. stuff is available for them. Uh, They're looking at plays technology. as soon as they get come out of the game. They're like, "Oh, let me it's change crazy. this." It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I I literally remember like my, I think my first year was like ninety three. Well, well ninety ninety one, and um, I literally remember like there was. A coach, head coach, two assistant coaches, the trainer, myself, and the equipment guy. Six people and one PR person. And the radio guy, which was Ralph Lawler. And they didn't really have a TV deal then. And um, that was it. We were the eight traveling party. That was it. And the players. Like wow. now, like now, like I, I spoke to uh, Keith Jones with the Rockets. I keep in contact with him. He's a good friend of mine. He actually hired me to be the strength coach with the Clippers, and um, he's like, Johnny, I gotta, I gotta get like three buses now, you know, sometime two planes, you know, to to get all of these people, you know, to where we gotta go. So it, it, it's, I don't know if I could have dealt with that. It's just too much, <laughs> man. It's it's too just much, too huh? much. But yeah, it's just too much, man. And you know, it, it, you know, it. it it was a fun, it was a fun, fun times and fun job. But, you know, the thing that people don't really realize or know is that, is that you're not home, you know, right. you know, exactly. you're not home. So like, if you young person, you know, like, you, you know, like your, your guys ages and you guys, you know, you guys just got married and you're starting to have families and things of that nature. 
that's kind of hard. Like, can you imagine Dorian not being around your son for like three, four days, let alone nah. 10 days? You know nah, what I mean? Tough. Not that's seeing tough. your wife, you know, Kyle not coming home to have dinner with your wife or you missing her birthday. Yeah. So oh, after after a while, you 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 gotta have to sit back and go, is this all worth it? And 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 should you, you know, you know, I, I kept telling myself seven years and I'm done. I'm done, I'm done. But every year they kept coming back, handing me two year deal, three year deal, you know, without asking. And mm. it's it's hard to turn the money away. So I think, you know. The Clippers released me, and they wanted me to take a pay cut, like a $20,000 a year pay cut to hire someone else to help me, which I was okay with somebody helping me, but I didn't want to give them 20000 of my money. No. You know, so, but that's, you know, that's a story for another day. But, um, yeah, so, and so they, they let me go. And, you know, to be honest with you, it was like the weight of the world was lifted off of my shoulders. Well, because yeah. now I was like, I could do what I want to do, you know, I, and, and, you know, I was able to enjoy life. Now I'm home for Christmas. I'm home for Thanksgiving. You know, I don't miss my wife's birthday. I'm home Valentine's. I'm home every night to have dinner with my wife. So that's important things. Important things. Yes. Yes. Which is an important thing. So, you know, either if you're a player or assistant coach or a head coach, uh, you know, and the, and the casual fan is watching it on the sideline, it's a lot more that goes behind it than what you see. Yeah. You know, it's a lot, it's a huge sacrifice. I don't know what the numbers are like now, but I do know back then 50% of coaches ended up in divorce. Mm. So, wow. yeah, that means strength coaches, head coaches, assistant coaches. It's not easy. So yeah. it's a lot that goes behind it. A lot of stress that goes behind it. And that's why we started this platform to talk to people like yourself to explain and right. tell people it's not just basketball players. They, they just see one side of it, but you're telling yeah. a different yeah. side. So, and, and people need yeah. to know that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, you know, you, you know, I, I'm giving an example, like a typical day. So we had like a, say we had a 10 o'clock shoot around. If we had a 10 AM shoot around, normally I would get there like hour to two hours before. And then you're there for shoot around and then, you know, you're at the Staples Center, so you don't want to drive back home. I lived in a marina, so you didn't want to drive home because of traffic. So you have paperwork to do or do it or work some guys out or, or, you know, do whatever. And then you eat lunch and then you may you try to get a workout in and um, maybe do some other stuff. And the next thing you know, it's time for the game. So by the time I got home every night, it was midnight. So I would leave my house, you know, seven, seven o'clock in the morning when we get home till like after midnight. You know, Damn. so, yeah, so, but <laughs> the caveat to that is I didn't have to do much in the summer because nobody stayed in L.A. And right. my team wouldn't send me out to go work with players. So in the summer, I would just go to the office for a few hours and and I would leave. I'd call players, check up on them, things of that nature. Like a lot of players like, like Quinn and Darius worked out with, um, they worked out with Tim Grover in the, okay. in the off season. And that was Michael Jordan's guy, who's he's a nice guy, really good guy. And, uh, you know, worked with a lot of players. I would go there once a year to Chicago because that was a pre-draft. And I would go over there and watch the workouts, you know. And he would do a great job with them. And he had, like, Chris Kamen, um, 
He had Quinn and Darius. You know, he had a couple of other Clipper guys that would go by Bobby Simmons. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, and I would go and watch and stuff. And he was always like, hey, Johnny, come back anytime in the summer. You know, you could come help me out. But, you know, the, the Clippers never wanted to pay for me to do that. You know, they never wanted to pay. You know, they, there was a strength coach in Detroit with the Pistons, uh, Arnie Canner. He's probably like the premier strength coach in the NBA. He's really good. I liked a lot of the stuff he was doing because of my background working at Curling the Jove at the physical therapy clinic. He did a lot of things that was practical exercises, you know, mm-hmm. for, for players, uh, you know. And um, I always wanted to go back there and just go learn. You, you could never not learn enough. So I would pick strength coaches' brains all the time. We did that all the time. And I used to want to go there. And Alvin Gentry was our coach, and he was the coach at the Pistons prior. So he said, Johnny, next summer we're sending you to Detroit. You're going to go hang out with Arnie. I think it'll be good for you. You guys are hit it off pretty good. And I say, yeah, great, man. I'd love to do that. Clippers didn't want to pay for me to go. Like, why wouldn't you pay to try to make your organization better? Right. You know, like, that was frustrating thing. Like, really, really frustrating thing. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, if, if people – don't understand why those players were frustrated. Like back in the day, that is why, because they didn't do all that they could do to try to make them better. It shows. Wow. It shows. And those and those players knew that. They 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 knew that. So it it, I, it was told to me by a player. This is just a stop through. Everybody that come here is just stopping through to get the next contract. But that's so, what it seemed like, though. Yeah. Hence why guys weren't passing the ball. Guys yeah. were just jacking up shots, trying to do their own thing because they're trying to showcase. They're trying out for the next team. Mm. So, wow. yeah, yeah. So, 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 Johnny, st- st- stay with the Clippers. How did you get your start with them? You mentioned it briefly with the gentleman from from the Rockets. Uh, oh, how did you get your so? So I had um, it is it, it's, it's I had a I wanted to be a strength coach. No, I I wanted to get in. So I called Keith Jones. He was a trainer with the Rockets. Okay. And, and well, let me back up. It's a gentleman named Chip Schaefer. Chip Schaefer was the, he was a trainer at Loyola Marymount. Well, he worked with me at Curling and Joe. Well, mm-hmm. I used to go to Loyola Marymount and help Chip out to try to get my hours in to become an athletic trainer. Well, Chip gets a job with the Chicago Bulls as the head athletic trainer. So he goes to Chicago. He goes, I'm going to try to get you a job here. I said, he said, I don't know what, but we'll figure it out. I couldn't, I didn't get a job there. Um, they wanted to hire a guy that's been helping them out for a while. And um, so they hired him and that's fine. And he's, the guy's still there to this day. Damn. So wow. and they, yeah, they, they hired him and um, he, he's still there. He was, he wasn't even a strength coach. Actually, he was an equipment guy. Chip just wanted to get my foot in the door. So that didn't happen. So he goes, call Keith Jones. He doesn't know anyone in L.A. He's going to need some help. And I called him, so I would go over there to the Clippers and help um, on game days and during training camps. I would always go and help them out, uh, taping guys, stretching, making ice bags, picking up towels, whatever he needed, I did it. And um, and then one year, I go to training camp, and he go, their strength coach quit, like at the last minute, like before the season started, he quit. So he goes – hey, we're going to need a strength coach. And I go, oh, okay. He said, 
you've been doing it. You want to do it? And I go, I don't know if I could do it. He said, <laughs> he said, you could do it. Take the test. Go take the test. You ready? So I, I took the test and I passed the test. And um, he, he goes, I'm going to get you in. And I go, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, more apprehensive about making a change, being, a, being afraid, basically. So of course. Um, mm-hmm. I, I get in. One day I go to, I go to training camp. I go to training camp, and um, Bill Fitch was the coach. And, man, he was a nice guy, but the hardest person I ever worked for. But learned a lot from him. But he says, one day we're sitting at breakfast during training camp, and uh, it was the the coaches, the general manager, Elgin Baylor, uh, the vice president of the organization. Um, and um, and we're just sitting there, and Keith, and I'm literally putting, like, some bacon in my mouth. And he goes, so, Johnny, we're about to interview you for the strength coach's job. And I go, what? And he goes, yeah. So they literally, like, interviewed me right there on the spot for the strength coach's wow. job. So, um yeah, so they interviewed me. Training camp ended. I go, I go back. So Bill Fitch says, "Hey, look, we're going on a preseason, and we're not going to take Stanley Roberts with us. Um, he's not in shape. We 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 want him to come work out with you. Could he come work out with you?" So I, I was still working at Curling and Job, and I said, "Yeah, sure, he could come in." And I talked to Clive. And I said, "Hey, Clive, do you mind if Stanley comes in and I could work him out? You know, in between." He said, "Yeah, Johnny, no problem." So I bought Stanley in. So like I said, you have to motivate people differently. And Stanley's motivation was, I told him I needed this job. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I, and, and that's the kind of guy he was. He's like the nicest, one of the nicest players I ever worked with in my life, ever. Had all the talent, but just, he didn't love basketball. Uh, he loved the money, but he didn't love basketball. So I said, Stan, if I get you to lose some weight and get you in deep, better shape, I said, I think they're going to hire me. And he goes, okay, I'm doing this for you. He told me wow. that. So he came to the clinic twice a day. I would go to his house on the weekends. We work out at his house on the weekends. And for like, they were gone for like 10 days. He came back. I weighed him every day, took his body fat. He lost weight. He was in better shape. And they saw what I did. And, Bill was like, hey, good job. You know, I didn't think you was going to be able to get him to show up. And so um, one day I'm walking in the last preseason game, and I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm not interning here no more. I'm done. I'm not going to, you know, like I got to figure something out. And the PR guy walked by me, and he goes, hey, how do you spell your last name? And I said, D-O-Y-L-E. And he goes, I said, why? He said, oh, they're going to put something in the paper tomorrow. They're going to hire you as a strength coach. Wow. I was like, oh, really? Just he like goes, that. Yeah. Didn't say nothing. Yeah. Nobody said nothing. Dude. Like, I'm like, oh. Okay. So, you know, I try to be cool about it. But, you know, inside I'm like, yeah. You know, like I walk into the locker room and uh, the trainer goes, uh, hey, um, we, we, we're going to hire you as a strength coach. You know, so it worked out pretty good. And I, I never forget. He said, uh, I said, how much does it pay? You know, I asked him, how much does it pay? He goes, he said, they're going to offer you this. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, like, I'm like, yeah, that's, that tripled what I was making already. So I said, wow, cool. He goes, but you're going to tell them no. I go, what? He said, 
Tell them no. He said, you tell them, why would you give up a job that you have for a job for a one-year contract? Because they wanted to give me a one-year deal. And I said, that's not going to work. He said, it'll work. So I talked to Elgin Baylor, and I said, Elgin, thank you, but no thanks. I can't take this job because I'm secure in my job. And, you know, I can stay there as long as I want without worrying about contracts. And Okay, okay, how about a three-year deal, and we'll give you this much? And I go, well, how about this much? And he goes, because Keith coached me through it. And uh, he said, okay. He said, okay, all right, we'll do that. And just I was like, like that. Wow. I was like, oh, like, yeah, then I looked. I said, man, I underbidded myself. I should have asked for more money. <laughs> but, <laughs> right, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, what happened. that's cool. That's a, yeah, that's a dope story, man. That, yeah, 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 it worked out pretty good. Man, and you nice you went from being scared like we all are when when change yeah. comes your way yeah. to going to talk to Elgin Baylor, who is a legend as far as basketball goes, and you're yeah. there negotiating your race yeah. and your future with yeah. that guy. That's crazy, with, man. Yeah, with, with, yeah, with the with the legend, because that's what I always call him, the legend. A legend. Yeah. You know, like, you're like, but you know, he was the nicest guy too, man. Nice. You still talk guy. to him, or you still speak? Well, if I'm talking to him now, Kyle, right, I'm in, Kyle. I'm in heaven. <laughs> but yeah, I, I saw him like maybe like two years. I saw him like two years ago and had a good conversation with him. You know, he he's a nice guy, man. He was, he was a really yeah. good guy. You know, smart guy. Like they they didn't give him credit for a lot of things, but he's really a really smart guy. And didn't have a a bad bone in his body. Very spiritual and religious man very family oriented man he was he was a good guy man he it was sad sad day when he passed really sad day yeah yeah before we move on just can you like just tell the our audience like the the time period that you were with the clippers so from 93 to there you go yeah i mean 91 to um 03 2003 yeah yeah that was a nice little run a pretty good run, yeah. It's <laughs> 13, 13 years and like eight or nine coaches. That's pretty good run. Yeah, eight or nine is. coaches. Yeah, that's pretty damn good run. So yeah, um, I think I'm more proud of that than surviving all of the coaches <laughs> than, 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 than anything. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no. so like what you go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was gonna say so like what your time with the Clippers. During that whole time period, do you have like a favorite player or uh, any wow. couple favorite players that you like to work out with? Besides Stanley, because you mentioned Stanley Robert. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I like Stanley. Stanley was my guy. <laughs> I didn't like working him out, but he was my guy. He was, he was a great guy. I mean, you, you'll never find anybody say anything bad about the guy. He's an awesome guy. Yeah. But I, I'm a, I'm a, um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed working out with Charles Outlaw. Uh, oh, oh but, wow! You know, yeah, yeah, you know, because he was a challenge. Because he, he and I were born around the same time, so we almost had the like, same personality. Oh, so we always geez. challenged each other, and we're both stubborn. And um, he, he was always a joy to work with because he, he, he loved it. He wanted to do it. Um, mm-hmm. One of one of the, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm not gonna say he's my favorite, but he's right up there. But one of my favorite guys to work with was Malik Seeley. And oh, um, rest in peace. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. definitely. He was he was one of my favorite guys, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because 
he listened to me. <laughs> like <laughs> one, one summer, like he came from the Indiana Pacers. So mm-hmm. the Pacers, that was a model organization. They did things right there. And right. he he was a smart guy and he saw how they did things and he knew what he needed to do to get better. So he asked me, he said, Johnny, one summer, he said, I need to get stronger. I need this, this, and this. I go, yeah. He goes, what do I need to do? I said, you need to stay here in LA. Don't go back to New York because you you partying, hanging out. He said, give me a chance. I said, give me a chance. He said, okay. He said, six o'clock. I met him every morning at six o'clock. Every Man. single morning at six o'clock. He did not miss. I mean, when I mean he did not miss, he did not miss. Like, we may go out to dinner the night before and maybe like a late dinner. And I'm like, oh, man, you want to bump this to eight? No, I'll see you at six. And he would be there. He would beat me there. You know, he would beat me there. Wow. And and he wanted to get better, you know. And, and it was so unfortunate when he passed because he was about to get paid. Minnesota wow. was going to pay him. You know, so he leaves the Clippers, goes to Minnesota, and he, and he played well in Minnesota. Yeah. And, him and KG, and, right? Yeah. yeah, him and KG. Yeah. Yep. And he, he played really well. And then, you know, unfortunately, again, to a car accident and he passes. So he, he was one of my favorite. But then I had a lot of guys along the way, like uh, no particular order, like Earl Boykins. You know, he's like 5'3", 135. Probably pound for pound, the strongest guy in the league. Um, wow. He was one of my favorite guys. And, and we had a crew. It was Earl Boykins. A guy named Obina Ikizi that played at Maryland, a big guy, and a guy named um, San, uh, uh, what was his name? Sean Jameson. Not Sean Jameson. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he played football at Clemson, and he was a basketball player. And wow. the, the four of us would work out all the time. Like I would always tell them, you guys got to stay ready. Stay ready. Stay ready. Stay ready. And these guys – we would go to the arena like an hour and a half before the bus left the hotel for the, the first bus. We would catch a cab, walk, whatever. Uh-huh. And we would get to the gym and just work out, like doing drills, lifting weights, and stayed ready. You know, just kept those guys ready, kept them ready. And 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 they were they were a joy to be around. Like we had fun. Like we had like we I made it fun for them and they enjoyed it. And they never wanted to miss. And, and and those guys were really a lot of um, fun to work with. Um, I came really close with Rodney Rogers. He didn't like to work out that much either, but he he was so God. He had so much God given talent and mm-hmm. um, God given talent, and uh, you know it's unfortunate what happened to him because he's yeah, paralyzed from the paralyzed. neck down. Yeah, yeah, I talked to him yeah. like two weeks ago. I do talk to him. I talk to him like once a month. Keep in contact with him. He's a good guy. He 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 turned out to be a good friend, and uh, yeah, turned out to be a good friend. You know, throughout throughout his and my career, so we always kept in contact. But um, yeah, it's some of those guys. He, it's like guys nobody really really you know know about or anything. Like right. the, the easy guys, Corey Maggette, easy, easy. You know, he had a body of Adonis. Corey was right. a nice guy. Always listened to what you had to say. Um, things of that nature, you know. So you know, it, 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 it was fun, man. It, it was a lot of fun. I, to be honest, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade that part of my life for anything. It was cool, pretty cool. Nice. 
Okay, we're gonna put you on the spot then. What about <laughs> yeah, least, least, let's go. Least, least favorite player that you had to train or work out. <laughs> yeah. Michael all over candy. Ah! That's not that's not hard to uh, imagine. Now, now the funny thing is, normally in most cases I wouldn't throw people under the bus. But you right. know what? I own my own business now. I'm doing okay. I'm not in the basketball world. He's by far the biggest hardest person to work with by far like him wow um love this guy love him to death still talk to him to this day keith claus hard to work oh, with hard to mm. work with and not because not because he was thin and skinny but keith had other demons and, mm. and i think that if he would have corrected those things or if the organization for that matter would have got on top of him and try to help help him sooner, he probably could have been a hell of a player in this league. He, he put it like this: if Keith was Keith Claus played today and was in shape, wasn't drinking, doing drugs, he'd be a stretch four. He would make a lot of money right now. Yeah, you know, yeah. He, he was seven two and could shoot it and was exactly. athletic, but he was seven two and two hundred and ten pounds. You know, like Ooh. yeah, exactly. That's thing. You know, yeah, yeah, that's wafer thin, you know. So yeah. he, he made it kind of hard to work with him because because you, you knew he had demons working against him. But you know what? By by you know by the grace of God, he's doing great now. Mm -hmm. he, he's sober. He's sober. He's doing fine. Um, I talk to him from time to time, and you know, it, you know, he, he's he's a he's a friend. He's He's a pretty good friend too that I keep in contact with. So yeah, he, he probably may have been him and Olo Candy might have been one two of the toughest <laughs> guys to work with. You know, Olo by Candy. Far. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. I had a yeah. feeling I had a feeling that was gonna be the name that you said. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tough one. Mm -hmm. Tough one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, tough one. Man, uh so you've been with, like, you know, so you were you were with the Clippers for a while. Um was the Sean Livingston injury one of the worst that you've seen? Well, that's funny. That was that summer was my last summer. No way. That was my last summer. Yeah. So when that happened that year, I, w I wasn't there. But you know, I was I was watching the game that night when it happened, okay. and I remember talking to someone that worked for the Clippers, and they told me you could hear him scream throughout the stadium. Oof. Yeah, so I don't think anybody really expected him to come back and do the things right. that he did. But he was a – I worked with him a little bit that summer, and he was the nicest kid because he was a, he was only a kid then at the time. He was like 18 yeah. or 19. He was a nice kid. You you saw the potential in him. So who knows how good he could have been, you know, without that injury. But, man, he, he, was, a, he was a solid player, you know. He got some years in, didn't he? Yeah, he definitely, yeah. and he got some rings too. So. Yeah, got some rings behind it. So yeah, yeah. So you know, yeah, I, I'm glad it worked out for him though, because he was yeah. a nice kid. So yeah. So like, how did you how did you deal with like athletes like when they had like these crazy injuries? Because I know Lamar Odom dealt with a lot of injuries uh, while he yeah. was there. Like, was that a lot uh, more responsibility that was put on your plate? Well, it was. Um, the majority of it was put on uh, Jason Powell's plate, who's still the trainer okay. there. Yeah. So we we worked hand in hand. 
like, you know, he would do certain things and then he would say, hey, J.D., this is, you know, this is the protocol or this is the route we're going to go. And, you know, then I would take over and do certain things with him. And then most of the stuff, most of my, the, my, most of my things were done on the back end. And that was as far as, like, getting them in condition, getting them in shape. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I hate to say this, but you try to break them almost. You try to make working out with you harder than it would be in the game. So, uh, so you know, I'll give you a prime example. Keon Dooling got he got hurt one year, and he couldn't do it. He, he was non-weight-bearing. So what do we do every day? I say, Keon, do you swim? He said, oh, man, I swim like a fish. So that's what we did every day. I put mm. him in the swimming pool at Southwest College, and I was mm. he would swim, and I would work him out, do these pool exercises with him, non-weight-bearing stuff. And um, when he came back, he was in better shape than he was before. Wow. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, you, you have to find different ways to – you know, to work with these guys to, you know, certain injuries and what to do with them. Like, I remember Lamar, um, was it his right thumb or his left thumb? It was his left thumb. He broke his left thumb. So we had a dribbling and shooting with his right hand because he was all left. He would never go right. So he's like, all right, we're going to just work on his right. So that's all we did was make him dribble with his right hand, shoot with his right hand, things like that. So you, you find the ways to – again around circumventing you know certain workouts so every like i said before every guy was different so you would have to treat their workouts differently and so the injuries were the same way yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you were there johnny um obviously with donald sterling did you yes. have any issues with him or see i mean <laughs> I, you don't have to go in the full yeah take a little drink i know but did, <laughs> how was it just dealing with him on the either day-to-day basis or did you see uh, what ended up happening with him, um, you know, back then or? All, all that stuff that happened, you know, with him, you know, the NBA taking the team from him and things of that nature, you, 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 I wasn't surprised. Mm. Not shocked, not one bit. None of that shocked me, not one bit. Um, okay. I didn't deal with him on a daily basis. Um, actually nobody really dealt with him on a daily basis. He just showed up to the games. Uh, he would come to training camp for a day, you know, and, 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 you know, and come in. Um, I don't know. Let me see. I don't know. I always heard, and, you know, I don't know how true this is or not, but if you look at it, if you think about this, what I'm going to say, it makes sense. Every year, they, they wouldn't make the playoffs, right? So a third of the league don't make the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. So those third, the third of the league, those teams are supposed to be the teams that are in the middle market, you know, areas, the Milwaukee's, the San Antonio's. You don't expect them to make it, right? Right. Because of where they're from or where they're at. Well, if you don't make the playoffs, you get profit sharing. Oh, damn. So they would get a check every year. X amount of dollars for not making the playoffs. So he would keep now look. Um, Mark Cuban even said it. He said Donald Sterling may be the smartest owner in the league because you buy the team. I mean, we probably would buy the team to win. But if you're if you, right. you got a billionaires playing a game, this is a game to them. Well, you know, hey, he's trying to make money. The man made money every year. 
Yeah. Everybody thought they weren't making money, but he, he made money every year because he got that profit sharing check. He signed up new people with the hope that the team was going to be better every year. Oh, we got Darius Miles coming in. We got Quinners, mm-hmm. you know, so now people get hyped up about it and, you know, and, and things of that nature. So, you know, he, 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 he played it. He played the game, right? He did the right things. The guy, he just wasn't the nicest person, you know, come to find out. And, and he treated, he, he treated those players as like they were property. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? So, so it, it, it was all of that stuff that happened. You saw it coming, you know, you, you, you saw it coming. And I have friends that worked there up until they sold a team and they were very hurt, upset, um, you know, cause they really, they busted their butt to try to make the Clippers what the Clippers were becoming. You know, they, yeah. people started coming to the games. It was hit the clip and all of this stuff. And, and those people worked really hard. So, they were really, really hurt and crushed by what happened, you know, but you saw that coming. I mean, if you didn't see it coming a mile away, something's wrong with you. You know, I'm right. sure the league didn't want him to own that team all along, you know, but, you yeah. know, he had so much money, you know, he made more money in real estate than he did with the Clippers. So yeah. that, that, that was a toy to him. That was just a thing to show off to his friends and, and things of that nature. So it, it was, um, Working there during those times for him, and it, it really wasn't. It, it could have. It, it was frustrating because you see that it could have been a lot better. You know, it right. could have been a lot better, but they didn't want to put the money into it. You know, so I remember they have a practice facility now. But mm-hmm. before I left, we was in the process of planning out the practice facility, and right away, well, we can't put that in there. We can't do that. We can't have that. So, well, you got to have those things because you have to make it enticing for the players to come in. You know, if they you don't make it enticing for them to come in, how are we going to keep them? So mm-hmm. we have to spend a little money, guys, if y'all want to win. You know, so I, I think it's great that Bomber owns the team. I think he, he's he's doing a lot of good things with the organization. What I don't like is none of my friends work there anymore, but, you know, they oh, all lost yeah. their jobs. You know, but that happens when new ownership comes in especially when the old regime sucked, you know, right. so, you know, that, that, that happens, but yeah, he wasn't, Thomas Sterling is a different guy, man. Just a, I mean, if we had three more hours of this podcast, I could tell you guys <laughs> a lot of crazy stuff, man, but he's just, he's a different guy, man. Probably about as different as any person I ever met before in my life. Wow. That's yeah. saying a lot. And yeah. he's probably he's probably Johnny not the only owner like that. He's just the one that exactly. got exposed, you know. He's the one that got exposed. Exactly. Yeah. You you are so right. You know, like if you look back, you know, he's the reason why there's rent control in Santa Monica. Wow. Mm-hmm. He owns Ocean Avenue. He owns those apartments. All those apartments on Ocean Avenue, he owns those. So That's crazy. You know, he was raising the rent up all the time. You know, so he's the reason why they have rent control. So he, he's the guy that got caught. He didn't care. His ego didn't allow – his ego didn't keep him humble. Mm. There it is. You know, his ego there didn't is. keep – ego didn't keep him humble. So, you know, that, that was, that's part of the – that was part of the deal. You know, he's just – he's just a different guy, man. Just, just, just totally different guy. I worked there 13 years. He couldn't tell you my name if, wow. you know, I've been to his office and had to – 
at the end of the year, you would have to go to his office and sit down with him. And he would say, do you have your business card? And he'd sit your business card in front of you. So then he'll look down at the business card and tell you your name, you know. Wow. So Johnny, and he, he would ask you questions like, should I fire the coach? Is, is he a you. good coach? Oh, yeah. Is he a good coach? Would you, should I fire the coach? Then I, I would say to him, do you think he's a good coach? Right. <laughs> I said, I said, I think he's a good coach. I just think he needs this, this, and this. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Johnny, yes. thank you. You know, <laughs> so. Had to look down. Yeah. yeah, you know, but it's kind of intimidating. <laughs> you go into this, you know, this billionaire's office on Wilshire, and, yeah. you know, he's asking you about the organization. Like, you know, is he a good coach? We should we keep our coach? What do you think? What do you think, Johnny? Should we keep? I'm like, well, who are you going to ask about my job next? Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, like, you know. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. yeah he, he was crazy. wife was a lovely person though, really nice lady, mm -hmm. really nice okay. lady. But yeah, really weird dude, man. Really weird, weird, weird. <laughs> like well, we really see when weird. it came, when they came out, we saw bits and pieces, so I can only imagine. Yeah. You know, the kind of like the pretty, I'm not going to say cool thing, but I guess the players, they didn't care. But, like, he would come into the locker room after the game. And, and, and like, in a, in a professional locker room, um, the one place that's off limits to everybody, except for the training staff, is the training room. Yeah. So, owner couldn't go in there. Uh, you know, Elgin would come in there, the coaches, but they wouldn't stay in there long. That was the one place that was off limits. So he, he wouldn't go into the training room. So the players, when he would walk into the locker room, he would bring these old celebrities, Hollywood celebrities, women, into the locker room. These guys are standing there naked. Wow. And, you know, no announcement, no saying, you know, lady coming in, because you would have to announce if a lady reporter was coming in. No announcement. And they, these guys standing there naked. And they're like, come on, man, are you serious? And they would get up and walk into the training room. And he couldn't go in the training room. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, I've heard that before, but I mean, yeah. wow. Yes. Yeah. True story. <laughs> I don't believe Damn, it, man. I believe it. Do you, I mean, this is not on any other questions that we uh, had prepared for you, but do you think, like, um, the team would have been different, like, if, say, Balmer was there with you guys? And, you know, the Clippers had a couple of different waves that were, like, exciting times. Like, I, I think back to when they had, like, uh, Sam Cassell, Elton Brand, that wave. Then you had Darius Miles, Quentin Richardson, and Lamar right. Odom, that wave. And then CP and and Blake yes. and those guys. Like, yeah, they had I, I an ample – man. They, they would have won a championship by now. If you think about it, you kept those guys yep. together. You would have kept those guys together. They would have, you know, if you would have kept that team with Odom, McGetty, Elton, uh, we had a couple of Sean Rooks was a veteran, Derek Strong yep. was a veteran presence. Um, you know, they had those young guys, Keon Dooling. They had to kept those guys together. Uh, we probably would have been all right. I remember like once I, I just ran into him uh two weeks ago, Alvin Gentry, and I was out to dinner with a friend of mine and uh, we ran into him and uh, at the Bellagio and he says, uh, I said, Alvin, do you remember you walked into the locker room one day and you said to us, we're going to get fired. Damn. I said, do you remember that? He went, I remember that. 
And the reason why he said that was because they they had to sign those guys. So they, mm-hmm. they, they, they had to give Lamar extension, Elton, not Elton yet, but Lamar, Darius, Quentin, and Sterling pretty much said, I'm not going to give these guys an extension. So wow. once he said that, Alvin said, one of the players stood up and said, well, I got to go get mine. You you guys go get yours because I'm going to get mine. I got to get out of here. And it became a free fall. Guys just start jacking up shots. You know, yeah. Alvin, you know, unfortunately, got ended up getting let go. And he was a joy to work with, you know, him and um, Dennis Johnson was assistant coach then at the time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they – you know, they let those guys go. They let Alvin go, and the DJ took over, and they they promised DJ the head coaching job. And I think if DJ would have got the job, he would have did well, and they, behind his back, hired Dunleavy, Mike Dunleavy. So, and, that was, and that was a train wreck. <laughs> not a good guy. Not Couldn't be yeah. trusted. Not a good guy. You know, but he lied a lot. You know, he, he, was, he was about himself. You know, and anything that I say something bad about somebody, like I just said something bad about Dunleavy, I'll say it to his face right now. He wasn't a good person. So, mm. you know, wasn't a good guy. But, yeah, you know, so, they, you know, I think if they would have had a bomber back then, he would have did the right thing. I'm not saying that you had to give all those guys money and pay them all, but if you would have kept those, if you would have kept a core group of guys together, right? you know, and, and we had a, you know, had a nice system in place, um, Maybe had a practice facility, things of those natures. Uh, you know, they probably could have d- done something by now. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Because yeah. you guys were practicing at Southwest, right? Man, we practice Carson Community Center. Oh my god! We, so if the players wanted to work out, we had to go into the, to the weight room where the community members went. Uh, didn't have equipment to fit them. That's um, crazy. Didn't have equipment to fit them. Didn't have an adequate training room, whirlpool, things of that nature. Oh um, we went from there, Southwest College. Um, um, didn't have adequate stuff there. We had a weight room, but it wasn't like a professional weight room. It was just they gave us an old classroom and we converted it to a weight room and, you know, things of that nature. And, uh, yeah, that wasn't conducive. You know, that wasn't conducive to a professional organization. In, in my yeah. in my opinion, the, the locker room they shared the locker room with the football team. Um, the showers sometimes was hot, sometimes it wasn't. You know, they're supposed to redo the showers over because it's you know taller. They didn't do that. So with that being said, a lot of guys they came to practice in they practice gear and they left went home in they practice gear. Wow. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a professional organization. So hence why they couldn't sign good free agents. Of course. But they thought, the owner thought, why wouldn't somebody want to be in California? It's California. We're in Hollywood. We're in Beverly Hills. This is the most beautiful place on earth. Why wouldn't a player? He thought that was enough to lure a player to the Clippers. They were going. They were just going to the Lakers. Because around that oh, time, yeah, the Lakers were California. winning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were coming to California. They were just going to the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Crazy. Man, yeah, Exactly. That's crazy. So, talk, Johnny, talk about you mentioned a little bit the the transition of you leaving or getting let go or from the Clippers, right? right. Talk, just talk about that. Briefly. Yeah, it was just it was uh, kind of weird, <laughs> kind of weird. Normally around May, 
you start talking like season, you start talking about your, my contract was coming up, kept going to him. Hey, am I coming back? Not coming back. Should I look for another job? No, you're good. You're good. We want you to be here. You're going to be here. You're going to be here every month. Hey, what's going on? But if I'm, you want me here. I need this contract. I need the contract. Okay, Johnny. Yeah, you're, you're good. You're good. Maybe two weeks for training camp. Elgin calls me up. Hey, come down to the office. I need to talk to you. I no. go, no, I'm not coming down there. <laughs> I said, I'm not coming down there. He goes, why? I said, because cause now I'm pissed. I said, I've been asking you for like four or five months. What's the deal? And you, now you're calling me? I said, I'm not coming down there. So it won't be nice if I come. So it's, you know, the best that I don't. And he, and he told me, he said, like, you know, I want you back. Andy don't want you back. He was the vice president of, uh, of, um, of operations. And he and I always butted heads. And, um, and uh, Mike Dunleavy. So he said, yeah, it, you know, Mike wants you to get some help. Andy wants you to take a pay cut or don't come back. I want you back. So I, I said, well, you know, thanks. I said, thanks, but no thanks. So right. it was kind of like a blessing. For me, it was. I didn't know what I was going to do or anything like that. But um, and don't ask me how I got it. Well, I kind of got into I started a dump truck company like okay. after that. I think I took like eight months off and I just I went and saw friends I haven't seen in a long time and went on vacation, you know, spent time with my family. And um, after that, I was like, OK, I got to do something. So I started a dump truck company. And uh, yeah, so that's what I did. You know, it, it was cool. You're your own boss now. Yes. That's amazing. Nothing wrong with that. That's why I'm sitting here right now in the middle of the day doing a podcast. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's real yeah, cool. Yeah. That's yeah. real cool. Yeah. Yeah, so it's cool. Did, you know, I, I like this life a lot better. Of course, man. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. Yeah. Did you, um, did you coach anywhere else other than the Clippers? During your yeah, career? It's, it's funny. Is like um, I started that business, and then um, you know when the recession hit, I sold everything. I got out and I, I moved to Las Vegas. I didn't ha I didn't have a job when I got here, but I, I just like I'm leaving L.A. I wanted to leave. Always right. wanted to leave. Didn't have a chance to, and I said I'm out. I'm gonna I'm gonna move to Las Vegas. I almost moved to Austin, Texas, but I'm glad I came here. And um, yeah, and when I got here, huh? I said that would have been interesting. Austin, Texas is is interesting yeah. right now. <laughs> yes, it is very interesting. Now I'm like glad I didn't move to Austin. Yeah, right. but um, so yeah, so I sold my stuff and I got out, and then um, I got here and I had the best job I ever had in my life. Mm. The best job. I worked at the YMCA of Southern Nevada wow. for like six years. It was the best job I ever had. Like. I was a director of a YMCA, and I it, it was the most fulfilling job I ever had. Like, because I had all these kids, and all these kids coming in and out, and they would always come hang out of my office. And, Mr. Johnny, this and Mr. Johnny, that, and you know, I was able to impact a lot of kids. So it was almost like when I took the job at the Clippers, Elgin Baylor said to me, "You're not only going to be the strength coach, but you're going to be." Like you're gonna be their mentor. You're gonna mm. you're gonna be the guy they're gonna come to. You're gonna be the, you and Keith Jones. You're gonna be the guy when they having a bad day or they they're in the girlfriend get into a fight. They're gonna come to you, and you handle the situation. And if it's something that you can't handle, then you call me. Don't call mm. me. 
you take care of it. They come to you in confidence and, you know, with, with you know, in trusting you. So when I get that job at the Y, it was like me starting with the Clippers all over again. And it, it was the funnest job I ever had. I ended up having to coach kids. I didn't want to do that, but sometimes I may have to coach kids. But, like, now these kids are 27, 28 years old, having kids of their own, and I go out to dinner with them. You know, I talk to them. I'm friends with them. I've done some business with a couple of them. And, you know, it, it, it was like, and I see kids all the time that I've worked with and, and not one kid has ever said anything bad to me. All they ever said was, thank you. Wow. Like you didn't have to do what you did. You know, I see a kid one day at Costco and he's like, Johnny he hugging me. This is my wife. It's my daughter. And I'm like, Oh man, that's pretty cool. Blah, blah. And he goes, you didn't have to do what you did. And I go, mm. what did I do? And he goes, you, you just don't know what you did. And mm. man, I had to walk away from the kid because I almost started crying. I'm like, right. all right, man, later. You know, I'm like, <laughs> you, you never know, you know, coming from where I come from, you never, I didn't have a lot of people that could have been an impact on my life. But luckily it, I did. But, you know, I, I, I was like, wow, I became that guy for those people, you know, for those young men. So that was like my best job. And then, and then after that, I, I go to, I went and worked in Japan, uh, work, worked in Japan with a couple of players in Japan, uh, went to Costa Rica and worked in Costa Rica for some, with some kids. That was fun. And uh, then I went to, um, Leoning, China, which is like four hours south of Russia, which is like the armpit of China. And, I had a great time. Uh, I worked with one player. I was hired by uh, Leo Ning, which is the Chinese shoe company. It's like yeah. the version of Nike in China. Mm -hmm. And I was hired with, for them to work with this one player. And uh, I got over there and I worked with this guy. And, and it was a really, really fun experience working with him. And, and, and the reason why I say that is because he got better. So I was like, oh, wow, that's what I do actually works. So he got better. And um, you guys remember Wang Juju? Yeah. So he's yeah. the second Chinese guy. But technically, he was the first Chinese guy to play in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And so Wang was in China. So I was working with this player to get him ready for their version of uh, like the Pan Am games, um, okay. where it's just in, like in, the, in their country, the different provinces will compete against each other, like the Olympics. So, um, and, and he played for the Chinese army team and this kid was playing for the Leonine Tigers. Um, and, um, so I see Wong over there and, and he and I had a good relationship and he's like, Doyle, what are you doing here? And I told him why I'm here. He goes, he said, that kid's a good player. He said, you're going to help him. And I go, yeah, I hope so. So the first game, the Leonine Tigers played against the Chinese army team, which Wong played on. So this kid was like 6'9", about 225, could shoot it, kind of like a Dirk whiskey almost, Okay, right? More athletic, but like Dirk. And um, first, he got the ball. He would always just jack up a shot. And I kept telling him, you know, I'm not a basketball coach, but I saw enough to know, like, hey, don't jack up the shot, pump fake, one dribble, dunk it. Two dribbles, mm -hmm. dunk it. He gets in the game, first play, 
pumps fakes a guy, guy flies by, he takes two dribbles, he dunks it, Wong runs by the bench, he goes, Doyle, good job. He said, <laughs> and he tells me after the game, he said, that kid wouldn't have never done that. You gave him confidence. So wow. they wanted to hire me after that. <laughs> I didn't want to go back. No? <laughs> you didn't no, want to no? no, they wanted me to come back and um, be the strength coach for the whole team. So wow. in order to save face, um, I told my agent, I said, I need this much money to go back which I knew they would have never paid me. If they would have paid me that, I had no choice but to go. But I knew I knew then, I was like, they, they'll never pay me that. And he goes, you're right, they won't. I said, well, just <laughs> tell them that's my price for the whole team and, um, and, and you know, just to save face. And, and they said, no, no thanks. But every summer for like five summers, they would call me. Would you come out? Uh -huh. Would you come out? And I just told them no, but. Every summer, I would see their coaches. They would come out here to scout the summer league for players. So I would go out to dinner with them. They would call stuff. So yeah, it was fun. It was cool. Nice. The nastiest place I ever been to, but it was fun. <laughs> That's cool. That's real cool. Yeah, yeah, That's real cool. Um, well, before we wrap up, I want to verbally say, and I know Dorian too. Thank you. You mentioned how you helped so many kids, and and I want to say for me. It was so cool to go to so many Clipper games, but to interact yeah. with the players and, and right. go in the locker room and to see stuff that I would normally see. And Dorian told right. me, he was like, yeah, you know, Johnny left us tickets and we can go. Yeah. And it was just the most amazing win or lose because we knew most of the time right. they were losing. <laughs> right, <But> right. <laughs> the experience, like Dorian and I, we, we met Keon Dooling. We saw him at Panda Express and. We started right. knowing the players' wives. Like, we were a part of the team. So, right. verbally, I want to thank you for that experience. Oh, I'll cool. never I'll never forget that ever in my that's life. That's cool. That's cool. For sure. You know what, Kyle? I, somebody, go ahead. Somebody, somebody did – my friend Clive, you know, he was my mentor. He, he said to me one time, he, I, I told him thank you for what he did for me. He said, mm. don't thank me, repay it. Hmm. Uh, Okay. He 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 told me that. So okay. that was my okay. repayment. <laughs> okay. 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 And we got to do the same thing do for yeah. the people yeah. underneath us for sure. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell one story though that me and Kyle always laugh about. It was oh. one time I don't know if we if if you had hit me late or I hit you up late about going yeah. to a game. It was against. Uh, it was like a Clippers Portland game or something. I don't even remember when it, what year it was or whatever. Yeah. So me and Kyle just became so accustomed to the seats that spoiled. you would give us. Spoiled. So <laughs> we got the tickets that we'll call. I didn't even. We didn't even look at the tickets. We already knew we were sitting down. We talking to people in the section. Hey, <laughs> they, they knew you the guys. They're regulars. Yeah. The lady stopped <laughs> us. Like, I'm sorry, your tickets are up there. We like up there. Literally, yeah, our either. our seats were up by the jerseys. Like, <laughs> and me and Kyle was like, "We gonna whoop Johnny ass." <laughs> <laughs> hey, Johnny, we was up there with Gail Goodrich jersey and Magic. You know, they hanging up in the <laughs> yeah in the rest. <laughs> you, you still you still included the locker room access, or you yeah, know, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was the funniest. But that it, was uh, it was just so funny because we just had got so used to just going to sit where yeah. we usually sat. Oh, that's at one time. Yeah. The lady was like, "Nah, y'all up there." And I not, was not like, today. 
not us. Yeah, not today. Yeah, we were still we were still grateful to be in the building. Yeah, so, like, it was just know, all jokes. A, it was it was all jokes. But oh, yeah, it was, it was that was, was one of the funniest experience. things. It was. Do you have any before we we got we we have a segment that we're gonna leave you with and then we'll be done. Okay. But do you have any funny uh, experiences with any players, Clippers or? non-clippers that you could think of that stands out just one just one moment i mean put you on the spot like that no 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 you're not putting i just man it's a lot of stuff man it's like i i don't know if this is funny or not but i remember one time during the draft during the draft we were like in the in the war room and uh and bill fitch was the coach and there's a couple of good assistant coaches nice guys really nice guys i'm not gonna say their names but nice okay. guys. And um, okay. um, Fitch goes around the room and he's asking us, who should we draft? And he wanted to pick Eric Dampier, which he kept calling him Eric Dampier. He kept calling <laughs> him that. But anyway, so we, we all said who we wanted. And we all agreed on the same guy. And he got pissed, like mm. pissed, pissed. And he kicked us out of the war room. What? It was just him. Elgin and the owner, and they, he kicked us out, you know, cussing us out, get the F out. You guys don't know what you're talking about. We said, well, you're making a big mistake taking that guy, you know. Actually, I'm going to tell you who the pick was. <laughs> Kobe Bryant. <laughs> we said, wow. <laughs> we wanted Kobe, and he said no. We took Lorenzen Wright. We took Lorenzen Wright. Nice guy. Yeah, nice guy. Decent player, but we all were adamant we have to take Kobe Bryant because Kobe Bryant came in and it was the best workout we saw ever. Like, unbelievable Mm. workout. I mean, it's legend. Like, I'm going to have to send you guys this clip. I got to find it, but a friend of mine sent me the clip. And it was the most unbelievable workout ever. He's 17 years old. And the reason why the reason why Fitch didn't want to take him because he said he's young, and we would have to play him. Like whoever we draft, got to play today. Yeah, that's and good. He's not ready. He's not ready. He said he's not ready yet. He's so raw. So we mm. didn't take him. Mm. So he mm. kicks us out of the war room, and one of the coaches comes out and he kicks the water cooler, and the big sparkling water cooler flew up in the air. And it water went everywhere, like all over the place. He goes in his office, he slams the door. You hear all this rustling. He grabs his briefcase, he grabs all of his stuff, and he walks out. And there's this big glass mirror, and Fitch is sitting there. And he goes, "You guys, I'm out of here." He quit. No. On the spot. And we're like this. Oh, he. I said, "What are you gonna do?" He said, "I don't have a job. I don't care. I don't want to be a part of this." And he leaves. And and, wow. and yeah, that and that was like my first. Oh wow, that might have been my first year, or second year. So I've never experienced anything like that, and yeah. and it was kind of weird. And and another quick quick story is Larry Brown was the coach, and when I interned, and he would walk up to me. All he's the nicest guy. He always treated me nice, but he walked up to me one time. He goes, "You have tickets for the game." Nobody went to the games at the sports arena. It'd be like right. 500 people there. You could go meet everybody at the game before the game. You go shake their hands. He goes, hey, 
you have tickets for tonight? I go, no, no, coach, I don't have any tickets. He gives me four tickets. I don't look at them. I call my boys up. Hey, I got tickets for you guys. Come to the game. Leave my will call. So I'm sitting behind the bench. My boys come walking down. They're sitting on the floor. Oh, damn. So I'm like, oh. And then Coach Brown looks back. He goes, those are your boys? I go, <laughs> yeah. He said, tell them I got them next game, too. I said, oh, okay, that's cool. awesome. He said, he said, and then he goes, he goes, I'm cool rolling through the neighborhood, right? I said, yeah, you good. They got you. Coach. Don't worry. <laughs> I said, I said, red, red 500 SEL convertible, right? He goes, yeah. I said, you good. Don't worry. <laughs> I gave coach a pass. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's, nice. that's, those are great stories. Those are great. Thank you. Yeah, Thank those you are awesome. That. Damn, that's yeah. cool. All right, well, before we get out of here, Johnny, we play a, a quick game with our guests. It's called Rapid Fire 24 Seconds. And I'm just going to ask you a question, and you just pick one or the other. So, I'll, for okay. instance, I'll say cat or dog, and you just pick whichever one you want out of the two. Okay. Very right. simple. So, we're going to start now. Uh, old Clippers logo or new Clippers logo? New. Rather live in Costa Rica or China? Costa Rica. Corey Maggetti or Elton Brand? Corey. Sports Arena, Staples Center. Staples. Adidas <laughs> or Reebok? Adidas. <laughs> Keon Dooling or Oral Boykins? I already know what she's doing. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going Keon. Okay, Keon. okay. Las yeah. Vegas or Los Angeles? Uh, definitely Vegas right now. Yeah. Chick-fil-A or In-N-Out? Wow, you went there. Uh, In-N-Out, because In-N-Out, the fries are better. Okay. <laughs> Chris Ford or Alvin Gentry? Alvin. Clippers or Lakers? Well, I, I got a, I have an admission, guys. Okay. I've always right. been a Laker fan. Of course. Oh, I already okay. knew that. Was okay, that's not a problem. Uh, I always uh, knew uh, that. Uh, uh, I was, a, I was a Clipper fan on the, on the 5th and the 20th. Payday. Oh, I, I see. I feel when that. The checks, when the check's clear. Uh, treadmill, yeah, yeah. Tre treadmill or elliptical? Elliptical. And the last one, Michael Ola with candy or Vince Carter? <laughs> Vince Carter, without a doubt. <laughs> well, look, they were in the same draft. Y'all could have taken Vince. I don't know what y'all was took, doing. Could have took Vince, too. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that was there was so hey, there were so many. Hey, you go for a job. You go for a job interview. You are gonna wear your best suit. You are yeah. gonna say the right things. You are gonna shave that day. Oh, Candy did that. Nah. He sold the interview. Oh, mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. that's what he did. Well, no, there were so many moves the Clippers made where I was just like, why? <laughs> It was tough hey, for doing. If you, if you did that, imagine what we were doing. No, I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, hearing your, hearing your stories, I, I, man, I was right there with y'all. It yeah. explains wow. it all. It explains. Yeah. Well, thank you. We 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 thank you, Johnny, for you know sitting down with us, allowing us to interview you, and giving us good, great stories over the last couple yeah. of years that you yeah. with the Clippers. You dropped some gems on us. You know, it was a yeah. good. A good time. So thank you again yeah. for, for being hey. part of our podcast. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. And I, I'm just like, well, how come these guys haven't had me on yet? 
wasn't for me, you guys probably wouldn't even have a podcast. Right, You're right. right. You're right. So that's why we wanted to get everything set up, not just the audio, <laughs> but the video. We wanted the people to see you. I got you. I got you. I yeah. got you. And we wanted to kind of have like a different format to where we weren't just trying to like, you know, talk about what what was going on like within the the, the game right now. But we wanted to bring on people that were not players. So other people get an opportunity to hear the stories that you told right. today. And, and we didn't want to rush it. And we felt like right now was like the best time to have you no, on. No, 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 it's cool. I'm just giving you guys a hard time. I know, I you know. know. <laughs> and, you know, uh, and uh, I'm extremely proud of you guys. You guys turned out Appreciate to be, it. you know, good men and fathers and husbands. And, you know, that that that's cool. You know, that, that that's really, 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 really cool. And, you know, you guys keep your nose to the grindstone like you've been doing. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, part of the reason why I kind of connected and, and, you know, like was drew to you guys was because I saw a lot of you guys, you know, a lot of me and you guys. So, wow. you know, you know, so you guys, you know, keep doing what you're doing and, you know, don't ever think that for a minute that, um, if you, you know, something you dreaming or working on and it won't happen, you got to keep working and it's going to happen. And I'm a, I'm a prime example of that. And I just said that yesterday to my mother. So don't ever think that anything you guys put your mind to, because you guys are two bright brothers. So don't ever think that you can't do it. You just got to be patient. It, it, okay. It'll come. All okay. right? Thank you, man. Right. Thank you. For yeah, we appreciate that. We really do. Yeah, yeah no um, worries. All right, well, we're signing off. Um, Old right. Man Ross, uh, sweatsuits and uh, fly kicks. It's D Hill, the gift card bandit. All right. And uh, spread love and not hate. Get in the gym, shoot some jumpers, at least about eight. All right. God bless. Here, Thank y'all. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you, Johnny. All right. Later, guys. Take care. All right.